Welcome to Being Community Radio. This is the journey after the journey. Providing you support, inspiration, encouragement at the real journey. In your awakening, in the process of change, after your aha moment, after your epiphanies in all of you are figuring out when finally everything clicked at some point and you remembered who you are. You are remembering that we are generating this reality together. You have come face to imagination or imagination to your imagination. Just you have had your moment of, ah, yes. We are the gods manifested in human form. We are this nexus of imagination, belief, spirit, matter, and everything else that's existing on our home. Everything is inside as outside, as above, so below. And we know it. It is the new age. The age of our awareness, our awakening. And now we're here to remind, to support, to really build a support network for all of you mystery school teachers, all of you working tirelessly to keep the faith, to keep your awakening process, awakening process alive by remembering by having more courage by staying true and inspired to your remembering journey so we're here to remind and support you on the real journey after the moment after your remembrance because there's a whole new world to explore there's an entire new reality in which we explore inner dimensions, which we explore the ordinary, which we transform from caterpillars to butterflies, from yeast to halibut. It's happening. I'm here with Sam Libowitz, the founder, owner, creator of Talking Alternative. He has been holding this support flag, this lifeline for a long time now. I just kind of came into something he built and he's been generously offering to the world right here at his studios on 72nd Street and Broadway, Upper West Side. It's a pleasure to come in here once a week for two hours doing two different shows because we know how much attention you all have. <laughs> I get it. We're here, it's beautiful, it's spring, 2016, summer is kind of here, we're getting a few hours of sunlight and we are starting to feel better after this long winter. Mm. We are thawing out, we are coming out of hibernation, we are feeling more alive and more achy at the same time. I hear lots of people sneezing these days, so things are definitely blooming, the trees have green leaves on them again the flowers are sprouting up it's really does feel like a time of regeneration and rebirth the world is waking up and we my friends we are at the frontier we are it's something you can accept it's something that you can not accept and just you know, keep wondering why, why you feel so different, why you can feel everything and yet nothing feels right for some reason, why you are clear and sure that people, for most part, are just concerned about, I don't know, talking about themselves, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, explaining themselves, preparing yeah. for the future, just a lot of protective, scary, fearful, imaginative stuff. So if you're feeling alone and lonely, it's good, ultimately. It really is. That means that you are different. You have managed 
you have managed to stay away from the pact. You have managed to not fit in. Congratulations. Yeah. You don't fit in. And now you are finding more and more and more people just like you. Could it be? Mm-hmm. Well, you're listening to this show. We are here to trick you. To inspire you, to make you laugh, to make you cry, and to ultimately to remind you that yes, you are the frontier. Your imagination is as new and as courageous and as fresh as it would ever be in humanity's history. You are creating your own genre. You are creating your own reality on this ancient bed of wisdom that we have developed and at the same time this new fresh foundation of technology and i'm here because of you sam you have arranged for the setup you worked hard this is this has a double meaning here right it's a community center well it's a well health and wellness center as well as a studio how do you manage both of them? I guess in the future it's the same thing. Yeah, well, I, it, it's six years now. It's hard to believe. This month, actually, May, is when I officially started my own show, took over the center, took over the station. And in six years in, in building and creating and figuring things out and trying things that worked and didn't work. And... You know, people ask me sometimes, like, like, you know, what are you about, Sam? You know, and, and I always come back. It's like, look, I'm here to help with the unfoldment of consciousness. And so both sides of the business, you know, one is about helping people to be more conscious in their life around health and wellness and how they're feeling. And then the other side, the broadcasting side is about helping people to be more conscious through communication you know it's communicating to people about a myriad of subjects and topics well it regardless of what you broadcast the fact that i you know a really a i mean i'm this for me to sit here in a professional studio on 72nd Street and Broadway and broadcast a weekly live show where it's, I have, you know, by the time I leave here in a couple of days, it will be uploaded to your website. It will be uploaded to SoundCloud, to iTunes. There is, I don't have to do anything. And it doesn't matter how much I fight it and how much resistance I have. All I have to do is really showing up. You are even right. doing this with me, even though this was never part of our agreement. And yet, it's just what's happening. And I really need that support and help, and you're here to do that. So giving people like me who had fantasies of mm-hmm. expressing themselves, I had fantasies of showing up for a weekly show. I had fantasies and visions of myself doing it and this is the closest I've ever been, and I am in this sort of fantasy live with you because of you, because you hold the vision. So the content is really, for me, secondary to the opportunity for people like me. When we get good, when we get courageous, and you've been giving us space, you're not saying, hey, you know, uh, you feel our hearts, and you say, hey, your heart's in the right place, so come in. And I've been doing the work of a mystery school teacher for six years now as well. Mm-hmm. So this is yeah. just about, you know, just this is, this is like the seventh spring of me mm-hmm. doing, uh, of, be, of me be basically being a uh, mystery school for other mystery school teachers, mm-hmm. keeping the lineage of the mystery, keeping the lineage of not... Um, not forcing people into a to-do list or into a methodology of any sorts, but quite the opposite, creating a space where people find their own truths. Right. And I have been doing it as a mystery school the same way that you have your two sides of the business. This has been one side that's been very important to me, and it's very important to the world at large, really to continue the lineage of mystery school. And at the same time, I am waking into my own, uh, to the other side, which is community centers. I've always 
had a vision deep inside of being involved with launching and developing and really co-leading a movement which includes physical centers around the world, really, mm-hmm. to provide an alternative to churches, synagogues, mosques. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but an alternative for people who want community, for people who want the space to grow, yet without having to fit into a specific regime or to-do list, and even more, to start solving the deeper challenge, which is this anxiety and this feeling like there is something wrong. Hmm. And with all of my experiences in all the different religious institutions and business institutions, and I've been involved in mystery schools since I'm a kid, the one thing that continues to bring people back is the consistency and the placement, uh, the opportunity for people to connect. Yeah. The opportunity for people to come together, eat together, drink together, sing together, pray together, meditate together. If there is an opportunity for people, if there's doors open, honestly, regardless of the politics and the philosophies and methodologies and even price, people always come. And so in order for us to move from the fear-based mentality and in order for us to integrate all of the ancient wisdom and yet be brave to create our own genre, to be brave to launch a new a format, a new opportunity of, of being community and community centers, it will it takes partnerships and it takes this conversation. Absolutely. And and what I find so so beautiful and what I've seen and how you've worked over the, the last two years that we've worked together is is how even the mystery mystery school side of what you do, even that is 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 not a quote unquote traditional mystery school, <laughs> and 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 even the way you bring people together in the community gatherings and the way we support each other is is a unique expression that's that's different than what I've seen, and it really serves as a model as an example for all of us of how things don't have to fit a formula. Things oh, that's don't, what a mystery school. Uh, yeah. So when you say I don't fit the traditional mystery schools, I would hope that actually <laughs> my work is the traditional, non-format, uh, self-organizing learning environment mystery school. And the more experience I have, the more I get tested, the more I have to face my own fears, then the truer I become, the more attentive I am to the bigger vision, the bigger dreams, what life is trying to do through me. And that is clear. It's about marrying the mystery school and public school aspect of life. Mm -hmm. It's respecting and honoring and having reverence for the mystery while at the same time we do our work here in the ordinary, changing society without the expectations to change them, but instead by inspiring and changing ourselves. Know you are love, rest in peace. Dream your sweet dreams. Till your soul is released Know you are loved So four years ago when I moved to New York, about this summer, four years ago, I started to operate as a mystery school teacher. And what I mean is, for those of you listening and don't know what that means, well, you've either had interface or experience with mystery schools or you have a sense of what they're about and yet it's ultimately giving you the space the opportunity to explore your mysteries so with every single person when i work i work differently Uh, it all has a different flavor and it's really about getting you acquainted 
with your own mystery, getting acquainted with your own projections, with your own fears, with your own fantasies. And we do it different ways with different people. Sometimes it's in private, sometimes it's in groups. And no, it's not for me to discuss because that would take away the mystery school component. Mm -hmm. So what I do is when people come and say, I want to work with you, the journey begins there. And I can send people on different missions. I can have different initiations. There can be different meetings, different projects. I find out what people's dreams are. Again, there are many mystery schools and many mystery school teachers, and yet I find that we need a support system as well. So I have been finding myself supporting in the role of supporting other mystery school teachers. No matter what the methodology or modality is, there's a mystery school component when you are clear about your ambiguity. You are clear about that my role is not to tell anybody. To, as a spiritual guide, my role is not to be as direct as you would imagine a you know traditional teacher to be. Right. It's really about creating the spaces, the environments, and playful trickery for you to be face-to-face with your own stuff. Because you're too smart to... Not only are you too smart, you have too, most people have too much built up against the system, against authority, against teachers, against being told what to do. So there, we need to earn each other's trust for quite some time. We need to f- really drop our masks, drop our bullshit in order for us to learn. So what I'll do as a mystery school teacher, I'll hold the projection for as long as I can. I will be whoever you think, you know, I am specifically in your projections because only when you are face-to-face with your own disappointment, only when you're face-to-face with your own judgment, that's when you can get real. That's when you can find out what it is that you are afraid of. The point is, four years ago, I I don't want to talk about my mystery school stuff and yet I keep talking about it, (laughs) but that's, you know, that's the contradiction. Four years ago, I spoke of a dream that I've had, which is, supporting, launching, leading physical community centers around the world. And of course, starting here in New York City. And that's how I met you. Mm. Uh, I met you by somebody saying, hey, you have a community center. And then I learned about your podcast and now I'm here. So it took me four years really to bring it up again. Yeah. I mean, you haven't heard me talk about it much. <clears throat> no, not much. And, and and when you mentioned it before, it just this came to me of how about two weeks ago, one of the people in our community was renting uh, one of my rooms here in the center to practice her energy work. And she had two people come in who were also members of the community. And, and there was just this moment when like the four of us were here and my wife was here and it just was like it felt like a community center like it didn't feel like you know this is some business i'm trying to build anymore it was like yeah people are coming together like people are coming here utilizing this as a resource and and offering things that the community is being involved with and it was just it was such a beautiful feeling i was so grateful um, for nice. that, that's good, you know. And you, you trust timing. You've been patient. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it took me another four years to bring it up because life has had to test me. Life has had to send me on an initiation journey to see what I'm made of, what I really mm-hmm. believe in. To to be the change and to do something new, especially. When you are talking spirituality or community or mystery school, you have to deal with a taboo. With you have to basically deal with the sins of all of our fellow men, and right. I mean sins in a funny way. But anything we have messed up right. or uh, have uh, screwed up, <laughs> or, or or just hasn't been one hundred percent to quote unquote society standards. Right. Well, we have to re pattern and tell a new story of the same things that seemed like have destroyed the fabric of our trust community spirituality sex money those things have kind of the same reputation right although those four things are kind of the pillar of our existence again community sex money spirituality money is a form of exchange 
instead of right. you know a community is uh, hello the only way that's what we are <laughs> we are we are one family on this earth yeah we come from the same place we're made of the same stuff right. spirituality is our relationship with the unknown our ability to mm-hmm. have reverence to life our ability to just you know when we talk about praying and meditating is kind of having a relationship with everything else that mm-hmm. is not you mm-hmm. and uh, what else sex Sorry. of course I even forgot about it <laughs> uh, you know we including I we have dealt with so much shame around sex pleasure relationships monogamy and uh, whatever the opposite of monogamy is polygamy but <laughs> I, I, I don't like those boxes yeah. but I myself have been tested to my core yeah. specifically it wasn't about community or money or even spirituality it was the taboo the sex conversation mm. I went into a conversation which was very 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 still is dear to me and the conversation was and still is first of all is monogamy really really a natural process and the only way to be together as partners I never these are conversations that I would mock in the past of course mm. anybody that doesn't talk about the romantic comedy version of life <laughs> the one person provides you everything version well they're just a bunch of perverts who can't keep it in their pants and <laughs> whatever that means that's how yeah. I used to see it mm. because it was you know that's all I knew right. now I got together with my partner and we both come from different sexual trauma all common in our society we weren't equipped we weren't handled we didn't know what would happen we just thought oh we love each other everything's going to be fine being face to face with each other's trauma with each other's uh, sexual fears it really put us in a place where I started exploring this question what if you don't have all your needs met mm-hmm. by one person now that is such a taboo question yeah. that is such a I mean it's not even a thing because people go no this is back to the pervert conversation right, what do you mean right. you have to be patient righteous right, right do the work do whatever it takes you make a work right. with one person. This is what it's all about. Right. You have to suppress yourself if that's not what you that's want. That's right. That's right. Otherwise, and then you start to wonder what happens to your creativity, to your sexual energy. What happens to who you are when you're not able to, to express yourself sexually? Right. I mean, these are conversations nobody would have, right? right. Except the extremes. Then you get into, what did you say? How do you say that word? Polygamy. Poly, po- polygamy or polyera or whatever. Polyamory. Polyamory. Yeah. And then you meet a lot of those people and then you go, well, I don't know. This looks yeah. like a bunch of perverts too. <laughs> sex parties? Who wants sex parties? You right, know? Right. And that's all we meet. We meet those extremes. Right, no right, judgment, right. But there's, that's basically th- th- what happens. There's no balance. There's no maturity in well, the middle. We, there's not enough conversation Station, about it. Right. What I have been betting on that... I can't find the right people. I can't have the right conversation. However, since in these conversations I actually had with people, in these engagements that I would explore this specific question, Mm -hmm. the guilt, the guilt that I would feel because Mm. I I must be defective. I must be... I must, I must be defective because I shouldn't be having these conversations. I should be... Right, because we think everybody else is doing fine in their monogamous relationships. I should be happy and loyal and patient and the rest is just, you know, me being a predator. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Now, I ignored it and tried to deal with the guilt and didn't express myself and would just, you know, like the rest of it. I, I, I don't blame myself or anyone else for not knowing what to do in this situation. But I couldn't, I would still engage myself in this conversation. And man, because there were so many different versions of myself being consolidated at the same time, because I didn't come through and was always clear and transparent with the community about these conversations, I had to come face to face with my own fears. Mm. I had to come face to face with 
my the worst reputation about myself that I would have to deal with. <laughs> I had to face my own guilt and shame. Yeah. I had to deal with a reputation of a predator. I had to be faced with it and go, okay, if I don't if I don't make this into a conversation, which I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. then this guilt that I'm feeling about not having the conversation is really clouding everybody else's energy. Because what happens is, because I felt guilty, not because of the exploration, not because of the engaging in this conversation, but because I was afraid that I shouldn't be doing this because I just shouldn't, like from this, you know, righteous morals, I have to be, one person should be enough. This is not a conversation to have. Because I had this ancient, like, age-old guilt, because I wasn't talking to my wife about it as much as I, or my partner, rather, uh, as much about it as I would have liked to have the courage to, this guilt just emanated and projected and allowed the projections and the stories to kind of fester like a wildfire. And I came face-to-face with my own worst fears going, huh, I grew up with spiritual predators around me. I have been judging spiritual teachers and people that had anything to do and any stories to do with sexuality and relationships and exploring anything other than what's I've been taught. And now here I am dealing with the same thing. And that was the test that life gave me to just really, really make myself face my own fears and go, no, this is who I am. This is who I am. I'm here exploring all dimensions of myself. I'm here staying present and engaged, but I'm committed. I'm committed to exploring. I'm committed to the truth because only then can I truly serve as a guide. Only then can I truly become an example of possibilities. Beloved child, go out, spread light to the world. Be strong, be kind, be brave. Know your mind, know that you're divine. Know that it's alright to be afraid. So we were talking uh, last segment really about sort of this whole idea of partnerships and and marriage and being, you know, only faithful to one person. And I I just have to chime in because about six months, maybe eight months ago, I interviewed this filmmaker. It was actually the second time I had him on my show, Roger Nygaard, and he's talked about his current project, which is a film called The Truth About Marriage. And so I asked him about, you know, what did he find out in some of his explorations? Because he was because he, he was thinking about this because he was thinking, should he get married? Is is it time for him to, quote unquote, settle down? And what does it mean? And where does it come from and everything? So when I asked him about, well, where does marriage come from? He said he actually did a whole bunch of research and talked to sociologists and anthropologists. And and they've done research about where this this social structure known as marriage comes from and where it comes from it it actually didn't exist when we were hunter-gatherers back before the agricultural revolution there was no such thing as marriage everybody slept with everybody and and the tribe everyone took care of everyone so it didn't matter whether this woman was pregnant with your child or someone else's child it was a child of the tribe and everyone took care of the tribe it didn't start to become a thing until we decided to settle down, have a farm, have a piece of land that we called ours. And then it was, oh my God, when I die, who is going to get my land? And so then the men decided, well, look, we need to keep our women not from sleeping around with all these other men so that I know the children coming out of this woman are my children. So when I die, my land goes to my children. And that's where this whole idea of monogamy, and initially it wasn't even monogamy. It was just, uh, 
a woman can only have one man, but a man could have many women, but it all started from property. Well, and, and there is this whole additional layer to this, because for me, I wasn't, still am not looking to have sex with multiple women uh, or this place where I'm just like, yeah, for me, it's about the other question. What if you find yourself in a situation where you love your partner, where you are committed to her or him for the rest of your life? Right. I mean, you are. He doesn't, you know it. It's not even a thing. It's not right. even, and yet you're not having all your needs met, both of you, for whatever reasons, and there are many, plenty of good reasons. What do you do then? And it doesn't mean because I'm defective or she's defective or he's defective or whatever it may be. It's really a real mature conversation to have and go, well, what would it take for your fears? What would it take for you to feel safe? What would it take for both of you to explore dimensions in which right now we are terrified in? Is there help and support? Is there another conversation? Is there an ability to experience sexuality, uh, a sexual creative energy being turned on, affection, love, with and without it being like, oh, I'm taking it away from my husband. I'm taking it away from my wife. Can we love different relationships? Can we be in different intimate relationships and have it be even a greater uh, generator for love at home now I know very very crazy questions very crazy topics but I as a human being have always been um, attracted to this conversation without even talking about it I know for a fact that in my I mean I only started dating I, I started going to school with women so I started being around women only at the age of 16 Mm. And so for me, I'm 36 now. In the past 20 years, most of the relationships, most of the times that I was in relationships, I was really in relationships with multiple people. And it wasn't mm. a game of cheating or places where I didn't feel one was enough. And it, 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 it's it's the kind of person who I am. I was always able, I mean, and I don't think it's just me. Right. I think human beings, uh, we, the reason why we are attracted to people in general, the, feel, the reason why we feel turned on, it doesn't mean we have to, quote unquote, act on it, but definitely not to feel guilt or shame right. because that is something that's coursing through us. And, and it's also key, just again, the key is that maturity of the conversation, but also to acknowledge that like if someone has those feelings, they have those feelings and not to make yourself wrong for it or the other person wrong for it and and to provide the safety for the for whoever is involved to really express what's going on to, to, to express without what's judgment to express what's going on and something that you know i've never experienced the unconditional love that i'm experiencing for my partner because for her to she is the original person who tells me, hey, listen, don't kid yourself. You can't block yourself off. You can't turn yourself off. And you must be able to follow your body as if follow your needs and follow who you are as much as I may not like it intellectually or mentally or society-wise or whatever my fears are. And honestly, I didn't really take her seriously. I, for when she first would talk about that, I'd be like, uh. oh, no, no, ah, she doesn't really mean it. She doesn't need that much space. She just wants me to be the hero and wait around and make it happen and we'll work on it. And so my own, so on one hand, I would I felt like she is loving me and giving me space. On the other hand, I felt like now it's not, not that it's not real. I should be better than this. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have to deal with it. It shouldn't be a conversation. So I would feel guilty for even having those conversations. Mm-hmm. I would feel guilty for exploring it and my own guilt would create uh, this the, the, this energetic chaos, which would allow anybody that 
also felt guilty to project. Right. So for me to be, start to talking about this, and I'm not going to talk about everything right now in this podcast. You're going to have to keep tuning in. <laughs> Things are going to get spicier. Uh, for me, I, I decided that I need to start talking about it more. I need to not ignore this because I keep meeting people in the same situation mm-hmm. where they love their wives, they love their husbands, they love being in relationships, and and they feel they, they want to have this conversation. How right. about this? But for you also, I know there's also an extra level of complexity to it because you also have a son. And, and you know, we, we may say, oh, well, that shouldn't make a difference or not, but it does. Of course it does. And and we all, when there's a, a third person involved in the relationship, we all want to do, quote unquote, the best. We want to right. be the best role model we can. So then we place extra judgments on ourselves. Well, that just, that just, that f- whatever guilt I had, that just made it even more. <laughs> and, right. and, you know, deep in my heart, deep in my heart, that's why I'm kind of, I was tested. It was, it's been an initiation phase. Mm for life's telling me what do you believe in what do you stand for do you believe you are you know a predator a prick a liar mm. or do you trust yourself and trust your decisions i've always been very aware of of who i am in my process i knew what i was doing as i'm doing it i knew that it, it's it's going to be a catalyst it's going to be a controversial conversation and i knew i wasn't doing it right or wrong but I felt safe and supported. Uh, and honestly, that is what you know a community center for me is all about. This is what being community is about. Feeling the safety and support to drop in and play out whatever you're really feeling over time. And quite frankly, I'll be honest with you. I experienced, I went in my own classroom sort of thing. I went from golden boy to, oh, we knew it was, you know, whatever the opposite of a golden boy. <laughs> Terror. Uh, pretty, you know, within a couple of years, and I liked yeah. being the golden boy, and that was my lesson. Uh, you know, like, it, first of all, doing real work, being at the front, making the changes, jumping into the water. I want to get dirty. And I'm going to have to deal with whatever my own worst fears of a reputation just so I can be a better leader, mm-hmm. just so I can look at other people and really and truly support them in this process, being in the change. I really did not experience unconditional love and support from, how do I say it? I, I, there was one person, basically, mm-hmm. only one person who refused to shame me. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, eh, most, I don't want to say everyone, they were ready to punish me. They were ready. Everybody, right, right. you know. They're ready to gang up on they're you. Ready to, they're, they're ready to find the flaw. So right. it, it, it's almost like I remember feeling like I would have to confess to sins I really didn't commit just to be ex- accepted again. Right. But there was one person, one person who refused to make me feel like I did anything wrong. And that kept me going. And that, that for me is... The, the, the truest aspect mm. of a community, the truest aspect of a mystery school, the truest aspect of support, like just be yourself, trust yourself. So let me ask you a question then. Knowing what you know now and, and seeing what you've been through over the last four years, if you were to give your younger self a piece of advice before the storm started, what would that piece of advice be? Nothing. 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 You can't, you can't go, I can't go to the past. My piece of advice will continue to be trust yourself. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. yourself. Look, there's a level of maturity that I know I have. So the people that I'm talking to, you know you have it. You know you have it. You know your level of awareness. You know that you are at the front. You know that, you just know, you feel your own sense of liveliness. So if you feel it and you want to go against the grain and you want to, you know, not worry about controversy because you feel a sense of love from the universe, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything different. Mm. I, I mean, I can't. It's not possible. I could tell you, I would be more transparent with my process, with the community. <sighs> really? 
Let's see next time. Let's see what my next thing is. Right. You know, right. let's be honest. Yeah. yeah we yeah. have Because you were probably as, as transparent and as open as you could be at the time that's for where right. you were. That's right. I actually yeah. didn't. This is as much as I knew about myself. And at the same time, no, I felt I didn't know where my guilt lies. I right. didn't know. I, it's only recently I was I was on an airplane and that's when it came to me. I was like, you know, there is something that I feel guilty about, but it's not what the reputation is. It's, it, it's not what people think that I feel guilty about. I have a whole other thing, but because I wasn't clear on it, because mm. I wasn't clear that I'm really feeling guilty because there's a part of me that thinks I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be in this space. Everything should be fine. I shouldn't be exploring these type of topics. It's so much easier not to, right? I mean, right. you know what to do. Yeah. I mean, for Christ's sake, you're a spiritual guide with a business to run. What are you? This is bad <laughs> for business. No. No, I've always refused. Because even though I personally really didn't have a sex life for the majority of my life, I didn't. It was all fantasies and lying and just really not. I would avoid sex like like uh, like anything else. For me to go, well, Aurea, you're 36 years old. You never really had a healthy sex life. Hmm. What would you do with that? No, you are love. Rest in peace. Dream your sweet dreams. Till your soul is released. Know you are loved. Rest in peace. We become what we mark. I said that a few times. My friend Craig, uh, wordupkids.com, which I love him. My friend Craig told me that many years ago. But I don't know, maybe eight years ago, ten years ago. He said to me, we become what we mark. And... I was like, oh, God. And I, I mean, talking about sex and tantra and spirituality and community, it's everything I marked. And for me to fight in my own reality for, you know, exploring the sexual creative energy, for blurring the, light, the, the, the lines of traditional society, of, ex, you know, really, like going against the grain i mean i do have a son i do have a partner i do have a community i am already in you know spirituality and community are already uh, taboo uh, topics money and to add sex on top of it but i can't i can't avoid it right. and those of you listening you can't avoid it either you know deep inside that secret deep question well you know, how much is my sexual energy tied to my creativity? How much is my ability to receive pleasure, express the truth, be turned on, and experience it in general? How much does it have to do with who I am and how I'm showing up? God, I hated those conversations. Mm. I hated them because, you know, I was a person without a sex life. And quite frankly, it's still a work in progress. I would just ignore it because it's so easy Nobody talks about sex. Nobody does it. And those who do, we judge them. So for me to find myself forced into the conversation, because when I didn't, it manifested it as my own worst fears. Mm. Because when you're true to yourself, when you do real work, when you experience, when you express yourself fully, you trust, you let go. When you are in a community that allows you, that stretches your imagination, that tests your boundaries, when you feel so safe that you are willing to let go, when you feel so safe, when you're willing to explore you know, what taboo is, oh, it's like it's the journey of journeys. And that's why it took me four years to come back to the conversation of community centers because it wasn't my time. The time for me was to see who I am, to see what conversations I have, to realize that I'm not just trying to make a living as a spiritual guide or to provide any sort of answers or experiences, whatever it may be. I'm here to grow. I'm here to explore. I'm here to live a fuller, more alive version of myself, even though I feel pretty alive. 
even more, even more. And being more human, being more alive. God, now, now, after all these years, I'm excited to say, yes, let's work on it. Let's get some, let's get a bigger community center where people have a place to be any day they want. There are classes, lectures, rituals, classes, uh, I don't want to say retreats. My uh, partner, Carrie, she says, no more retreats, only emergence. So oh, yeah. enough retreating, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Immersion. all we do. Yeah. Immersion. <laughs> Emergence. Emergence. Yeah. Okay. Like, places for us to be. And I've spent times in all kinds of organizations. And you know what? This you know, devotion for one another, the love, the support, the things that you only find like either deep, deeply connected spiritual organizations that resemble cults or sometimes actually are. But we can learn from it. We don't have to ignore all the years and all the answers that everybody found just because they messed it up. We can take the best parts and the best parts is people coming together, people singing together, people eating together, people sleeping together. And I mean it just in a way of (laughs) resting together, (laughs) relaxing together. Taking a nap together. Not not having, oh, the metaphorical nap. Not, Not having to be busy and do things and learn and study. You know, I say it a lot. I'm not here to wake people up. I'm here to allow people to sleep again and to dream again. Mm. There's too much emphasis on waking up. How about how about taking it easy for a little bit? How about yeah. getting real, real rest? How about getting that REM sort of sleep where you can dream again, where you can train yourself in lucid dreaming, where you can awaken to the divine force in which you are and that takes time and that like i said the one lifeline i had that and i'm sure i had more but there i I consistently would feel the support of at least just one person i would be like no aurea you're not doing anything wrong you're being yourself no aurea stop punishing yourself no you don't have to learn anything from this like stop making it into this here's my lesson here's Right. No, that's, a, that's a big thing because that's a big thing when people mess up. It's like, oh, I have to learn this lesson. Oh, I, and and it becomes another self-flagellation of exactly. Yeah. And the centers and the physical spaces in the community that we are together right now, we provide what we are receiving, and I have been receiving unconditional support, like the refusal to shame me, the refusal to put me in a box, not from everyone but just from enough people, enough people, that I am committed, hungry, yearning, inspired, encouraged to see that replicated and to basically launched with you, Sam, and other people in the community, put together a community center, one that we can model, put together a structure that would allow people to come learn, sing, pray, meditate, bring your own rituals, bring your own stuff. Yeah, beat the drum. Yeah, but be together. Be together and mess up, loosen up, you know, blur some boundaries, whatever it takes. Learn who you are. We All we require is engagement. Just right now, for example, I've learned some things. So in our work together, we always assign people integration partners now. So it's not about one person. It's not about a facilitator or a leader. Go ahead. Speak to other people. Even now, before people come to work with us, I am matching them up with people that are already involved just so they, before even coming in to a workshop, before coming into an emergence session, they're already speaking to other people. Making sure that people feel heard and people have a, a connection so they can drop everything, so they can explore, so they can feel safe. You know, right now, it's important to, br- to, to break apart your stories. And sorry, you're too smart for, oh yeah, I'm just going to let everything go. Sometimes you're going to have to be confronted with your worst versions of yourself, with your own fears, just to wake up. Life will test you, or life will initiate you into greatness and it's really doing and being the stuff that you are mostly afraid of. It really is. That's 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 how pff, diamonds are made, right? We know that metaphor. Yeah, yeah. But but it's also what I've learned over the years is is it's so important 
especially because self-care is such a big practice now to to see other people participating in self-care and what that really means for them and so having this idea of the community coming together it's so that we can see each other practicing our own self-care so it it's it becomes more acceptable then because we have so much resistance to it because nobody ever told us it was okay before to just take care of ourselves to take care of our needs right acknowledging ourselves as biological miracles yeah. I mean, acknowledging the fact that we do input and output, we eat food, we drink water, just knowing that this is our home, this is our bodies, physically, metaphysically, earth-wise, environment-wise. There's a whole world to be lived with just a glimpse of awareness. There's an entire world to be experienced, just honoring that we are more than just our thoughts, Mm -hmm. reclaiming our home earth as our home reclaiming our own presence as the gift of life reclaiming our ability to express ourselves not so we can express our emotions alone or talk about how we feel we don't have to talk about how we feel when we are aware and awake just a little bit we're all empaths we're all generating this frequency and feeling everything we have learned to speak to create abra kadabra As I speak, I create. What I speak, I create. We have evolved so much to speak in so many different languages. Again, to create. So this is about creating. This is about giving yourself so much space that only the truth comes out. Not only the truth, but the truth eventually comes out. (laughs) Yeah. But but it's all the truth. Uh, It's always the truth. It's always the truth. Having having the space to unravel, to break down, having the support to put yourself back together piece by piece, month by month, season by season. Look, it took me four years, really four years of you know, work that I thought had some kind of glory in it of some version to really be met with just the worst possible fears of reputation. Then I'm just I was looking in the mirror going, Really? Yeah, really. That's what real spiritual transformational work is. Being met with your own shadow. Embracing what you're afraid of. Embracing the parts of you that you are afraid that, you know, causing you the chaos, the trouble that would render you defective, that would render you a sinner of sorts. And facing it, embracing it, and making peace with it. And knowing that there's no fixing, there is no salvation here. It's the love, and like you said, Sam, and it starts with self-care and self-love. And by having a practice of reverence for yourself and reverence for the world, that's the magic.